Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. I'll have some hills to climb. I'll have some weary days. And some lonely nights. But when I Yes. You on the air. A good uh evening to radio fan. We kind of privileged and an honor to be able to come and share the word of God with you this afternoon. I ask that you put on your listening ear because it truly is a word from the Lord. The Bible said the word of God will not go out and come back void, but it will accomplish what he sent it out to do. Why? Because it's spiritual. It's not carnal. It's different than someone ordinarily speaking. Uh, God's word uh, penetrates. It purses. It goes beyond the norm. Uh, it, it, it combats the situation. Uh, and we just thank God for that this afternoon. Uh, for the opportunity to come share with you the Word of God. We want to talk this evening from the subject, hate has no place in the body of Christ. Hate, H-A-T-E, has no place in the body of Christ. I notice as I travel to and fro, in and out the state, churches to churches, uh, community revival, revivals, services to services, I see so many people who claim to be born again who say they are saved. And they got hate in their heart. They got animosity in their heart. They say that I I forgive, but I won't forget. And they got malice and hate laying in their hearts all the time, and they think it's okay. You don't realize how dangerous it is to have hate in your heart, and you've been born again. You're a Christian. It's a dangerous thing to harbor hate. It's just as dangerous it is for you to take cyanide poison or any other kind of poison that would eventually kill you. Hate will eventually destroy you. Hate will eventually destroy others around you. So it's a dangerous thing for you to allow hate to go un- unattended. It's there, and you act like you don't know it's there. You try to overlook it, but yet it, it's messing with your attitude. It's messing with your character. It's messing with your behavior. And you, nobody, nobody's saying anything. Nobody's doing anything about it because they think it's okay. Martin Luther King said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Isn't that something? He said, only light can do that. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light. Here you is walking in darkness trying to trying to drive out darkness. You can't do it. Trying to serve the Lord, working for the Lord, but yet got darkness in you. God called you to drive out the darkness, not and, and, and darkness can't do that. Only way darkness can drive out is light. I don't care how dark a room is. I don't care how dark, I don't care how long that room been dark. It could have been dark a hundred years. Once you hit that switch and cut the light on, dark got to go. Dark and light cannot stay in the same room. It's impossible for dark and light to be in the same room. One of them got to go. One of them going to diminish. One of them is going to disappear. So when God comes into your life, 
then dark, darkness, darkness. For the Bible said they don't want to come to the light because their dark deeds will be revealed. People don't want to come to that. That's why people don't want to be saved. That's why people don't want to be a Christian. They don't want to be born again because they know their dark deed to be revealed, and they don't want their dark deed to be revealed. So Martin Luther King said darkness cannot drive out uh, uh, darkness. Only light can do that. And then he said this, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Think about that because we're talking about hate tonight. Darkness. Hate is darkness. And, and, and you can't get hate out of you uh, 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 being hateful. You can't been hate get hate out of you hating folks. I don't care what they did to you. Can I can I serve notice? I'm gonna be I'm even gonna be understanding and I ain't I ain't going far to be understanding why you hate, why you angry, why you upset, why you hurt, why you don't wanna forgive. Uh huh. Why why you wanna hold on to that hurt and that animosity? Yes, what they done for you done to you were wrong. Yes, you do. You do. You do. You do you 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 do have a right. Uh, to, to to feel the way you feel, but you don't have a right to hold on to it. Isn't that something? I understand that that you feel the way you feel, and you have an excuse for that, but you don't have a right to hold on to that excuse. For God don't allow us to hold on to hate. He said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Otherwise, you got to let the hate go. If you don't let the hate go, it will consume you. It's going to take over you. It's going to control you. You can't perform perfectly in God if you're walking around with hate. Hate, you don't know hate out of control hate. Out of control hate will bring destruction. Look what happened to Cain. The first one killer in the Bible, the first murderer in the Bible did it off of hate. He hated his brother, and his brother ain't did nothing to him. The Bible said murder is when you when you when you take the life of someone for for no reason, when you kill them for no reason at all, you won't defend in yourself. They won't try to kill you or hurt you or nothing. Just out of the meanness of your heart, out of the, out of the animosity of your heart, out of the bitterness and hatred of your heart, you kill them. Murder. The Bible says if you hate someone without a call, you murder them already. Ain't that something? God go deeper than that. He said if you hate somebody without a call, you murder them already. Hate is a feeling that can be both godly and sinful, depending on what it is that is causing us to hate. You hear what I said? The Bible speaks of loving God and hating evil. Psalm 97 and 10. And hating the assembly of evildoer, 26 and 5. And hating falsehood, Psalm 119 and 116. The more we become like Christ and understand the love of God, the more we will be we will be in to hate hypocrisy, godliness, and evil of the world. However, we are also warned over and over in the Bible of how hatred and bitterness can destroy us. Hatefulness and bitterness can destroy you. You say you say, you say you've been born again, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but hatred will destroy you. Hatred will destroy you and fill you with bitterness. God tells us in the scripture that hate is a heart issue. Do you hear me? It's not a mind issue. Hate when when you hate, it ain't in the mind now. It's in the heart. It's a heart issue. And that someone who hates a brother is a murderer. That's what he said. He said, if you hate your brother, I don't care what your brother did to you. If you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Don't you know that's how people get murdered? That somebody got to hate them first before they get murdered. 
Murder, hate got to come first before murder comes. And if you hate your brother, your sisters in the Lord, you walk around saying you saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost, and five talk about I don't like this, one, and I don't like she did this to me, and she did that to me, and I don't like her. But you got to like her. You got to you got to change your attitude. You got to change the way you're thinking about that person that hurt you, and you got to get rid of that hate. Let you gonna be just like they are. They hating you now. You hating them. The Bible says we got to be better than the world do. The world hate those that hate them and love those that love them. The Bible says we gotta hate. We gotta love those that hate us. Huh? Pray for those that despitefully use us. You know we got a way to go. We coming so show up. Not only you got to pray for them, you you got to live. You got to love them that hate you. Now here you ain't can't even love your brother yet. You ain't even got to that past yet. And you supposed to be further down the road. You ain't even got to the point where you love your brother and your sister. And the Bible says love them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Then he says, if your brother third, give him a drink of water. Oh, he's going he gonna to starve the devil. He, he in trouble because you ain't even got to the part where you did the first yet, where you love your brother and your sister. Now here he is, starting needing a glass of water, and, and your love won't let you give it to him. We got to take our love to another level. We got to let this love run the hate out of us. We got to let it run the hate out of us. Amen. Unless it's going to destroy us. First John 3 and 15, we are encouraged to love one another. Keep short records of wrong, listen, and forgive others, not harboring bitterness or anger in our hearts. Not harboring, other words, renting the room for it. You don't rent the room for your bitterness. It ain't enough, it ain't enough the bitterness came to you, you don't rent the room for it. And most time when you rent a room to somebody, you at least start off with a month rent. You already done open up a door for a month of bitterness, a month of anger, a month of unforgiveness. They call it wrong. Yes, they wrong you. But the Bible tells you that you got to forgive them for the wrong that they done. Let's go to First John and 1. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Now, this is the word of God Jesus is talking in First John, Paul is talking about what Jesus said. Paul said, if we claim to be in fellowship, and we're always going to church, and though some they never get in fellowship, we're just sitting there. Church full of folk ain't even on one accord. When you're in fellowship, you become on one accord. We're there all praising the Lord. We're all lifting them up. we all glorifying his name. Not somebody sitting on their cell phone, somebody on the Internet. Somebody looking over there at somebody else to see how they dress. It's time that we get our act together. It's time that we have fellowship. And 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 he said in with one him and yet walk in darkness. That means you hate your brother. If you're walking in darkness, you hate your brother. He said we're lying. And no liar will no liar would even tear it in sight. Isn't that something? We claim to be we claim to love the Lord and here we is. We're hating our heart. And that hate is taking advantage of us. It's getting the best of us. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hate his brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister live in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister in the darkness, or hate a brother or sister, is in the darkness and walk around in darkness. 
They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Isn't that something that what the writer said? If anyone who said they loved their brothers say they loved them, but they're walking in darkness because they got hate in their heart. Hate separates you from the from the unity of God, from the peace of God. Ephesians 4 and 31, let's see what it says. We're trying to get somebody victory tonight. Let it go. My subtopic was let go to hate. We said that hate had no place in the body of Christ. My subtopic is let go to hate. God is sitting by tonight to tell somebody to let go to hate. You ain't, you, you ain't hurting nobody but yourself. You're so mad. See, the devil got you food. He got you thinking that if you let go of the hate, they're going to get away with murder. If you let go of the, of, of the hate, they're going to get away with wrong. If you let go of the hate, they're going to get away from what they've done to you, and that ain't fair. That hate makes you think that, that you're least punishing them. That hate gives you something to hold on to, like, well, I am getting some kind of justice out of it. You're not getting no justice out of it by holding on to hate. You ain't doing nothing but hurting your own self. And, and even the folk that you hate ain't studying you. Excuse me? The folk that you hate ain't even caring nothing about you. They are a mile away. They don't even know that you're hating them like you hating them. They going on with life. They done hurt you and going on with their life, and you sitting here full of hate. Now you done lost your joy. Now you're bitter. Now you're angry. Now you got malice. Now you're upset. Oh, my God. Ephesians 4 and 31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, ready to fight, along with every form of malice. All that meanness building up in you. Can't nobody get along with you now. Can't nobody stand and be around you now. You ain't got no joy. You ain't got no peace. You ain't lost a smile on your face. You just a bitter. You're right, honorary. And they said on the movie the other day, you just honorary. We just right, honorary. Honorary. That's bad to be so honorary. Nobody don't want to be around your honorary person, brawling and fussing and complaining. Killing every, killing the, 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 killing the atmosphere all around you. The Bible said, don't make friends with an angry man unless you learn his ways. So let go of the hate. Yes, I said I understand why you got the hate and why you're hating. But I can't understand why you're holding on to it. You don't have a right to. God don't give you permission to. He wants you to let go so he can take you to another level. I didn't say, listen, I didn't say let go so he can take them to another level. I said, let go so he can take you to another level. Because they probably could care less when you went to another level. They probably could care less how you feel right now. You the one thinking that. So you could hold it over their head so you have something to hold on to. And it's draining you. And it's stealing your growth. And your, your gift not growing. You sitting stagnated because of what they done to you. Give it to the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Listen to what God says. Commit that hatred unto God. Tell God you're mad. Tell him you're mad. Yes, God, I'm mad at him. Yes, I'm mad. Tell God you're mad. He already know you're mad. Say, Lord, I'm mad, but I know you don't want me to be mad at him. Help me not be mad at him, Lord. They done me wrong. They did this. They did that, God. They hurt me real bad, God. And I don't know how to let it go. See, now you commit it unto the Lord. But if you help me, God, I'll let it go. If you help me, I'll turn it loose. If you help me, I'll lay it down. 
Now God can do something because you have commit thy way. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and he will establish it and bring it to pass. See, when you commit something unto God, he'll fix it because you armored yourself. You didn't try to fix it yourself. You didn't try to take matters in your own hand. You say, God, you do it. You, my heavenly Father, you do it, Lord, because I'll make a mess of it, holding on to this hurt. Huh? Wall of rolling my eyes and, and turning my head and, and showing them in some ways and acts I don't like them and what they did. But if you help me, uh, if you would sanctify me, if you would create in me a clean heart and move this hate out of me, then, God, I'll pray for them that despitefully use me. i give water to my enemy if it's a, but I need your help. Oh, my, my, my. Proverbs 8 and 30, 30, 13, listen to what, listen, listen what Proverbs 8 and 13 says. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverseness. Some people just laugh and the little joke they be talking about the church folks and all the stuff they're saying about the church, and you just sit there and laugh. You just play with sin like it's a piece of candy, and you don't hate it. You don't hate pride. You don't hate arrogant, high-looking people who think they're better than somebody else. You don't hate evil behavior. You just uh, you just partake with them and fellowship with it and just make it a part of your relationship. And they say something, you don't say nothing. They say something about God in an offensive way, in an arrogant way, with their arrogancy, all proud about what they're saying about God, and here you want him to fear God. You want him to stand up for God. Wow. Proverbs 3 and 13 said, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, behavior and perverse, counsel and sound judgment. I mind. I have insight. I have power. You have to not allow the evils of this world to control you, that you be part of it. And nobody don't know the difference between you and the world. Proverbs 10 and 12, hatred stirs up conflicts, stirs up strife, but love covers over all wrong. The longer you hate, the longer the person you hate going to hate. You hear me? As long as you at war with them in the spirit, they're going to be at war with you in the spirit. Because all hatred does is stir up strife. It stirs up confusion. It continues. It causes the conflict to continue. It's an ever-ending battle. Look at the Hatfield and the McCoy. Somebody thought that was just a story that was written, but it was a true thing. The Hatfield and the McCoy fought many years over a four-foot animal, a four-foot beast, a hog, a hog, an animal. Something that you can grow, a whole lot of them. It ain't that like they didn't have no mohawk. It ain't like the Hatfield didn't have no mohawk. They blamed the McCoy for stealing their hog. It ain't like they didn't have no mohawk, but they fell out and, and, and fought for years. I don't know where anybody lost their lives. They didn't like one another. They didn't visit one another. They didn't fellowship with one another over a livestock, over a beast, over a swine, over a hog. We got to learn to quit letting the things of this world come between our love for one another. Ain't nothing in this world is so powerful that it get in your family and make you hate your brother and your sister over something crazy. Cause mama died or daddy died, 
and they left the refrigerator or the stove or the microwave or the or the dryer dryer or, or left that field in the backyard or, or left some land or a house or left some jewelry or left some clothes or a robe and you thought you should have got it, but mom and daddy left it to somebody else. And here you and them fell out with a whole family over a living room suit. You got to know that your love got to be greater than a living room suit. Your love got to be greater than hate. Let them have the living room suit. Let them have the refrigerator. Let them have the little tractor that was left in the, in the backyard. It ain't running that good no way. Let them have all this material thing, and you continue to love because you ain't lost nothing. God will give you what you think you don't lost. Wow. But love covers a multitude of sin. Love them anyway. When, when, when the wheel is red and you didn't leave you nothing, don't you grow no horn. Boy, if you want to find out who saved, I done been to so many funerals. I done been to so many bickering. I've been, I, I, I done been to so many onslaughts where I was amazed standing there with my robe on, standing there watching these folks who I thought were saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost feeling, five out time, ready to die and go to hell, acting like they won't save, acting like they didn't have no religion, acting like they hadn't been born again, acting like they hadn't been washed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm like, what? I know this. What? And you get to say, my God, no. Ready to pull off the coat and fight. Because some family member got something, and mama should have left it to them. Baby, you got to be so careful. That's why when Jesus told them, brother, when they come to Jesus talking about uh, uh, they, they should have this and they should have that and wanted Jesus to, to fix it so, so they could get there and hurt it, Jesus said, I ain't come to do no mess like that. I ain't come to, 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 to solve problems in, your, in, your, in the wheel or in the family about some inheritance that was left you. That ain't what he came for. And we need to be so careful not to get involved in these material things that cause us to steal our love out of our heart for our brothers and our sisters. Proverbs 10 and 18, whoever conceals hate, listen to this. Proverbs 10 and 18, whoever conceals hate with lying lips and spread and spread slander is a fool. I didn't say it. I ain't calling nobody a fool. I'm just reading the scripture. The scripture says that if you conceal hate, you know hate in your heart, and you're lying about that hate. Tell me, you love me, and you know you hate me. You're lying about it. And then, behind my back, after you done told me you love me, you slandering my name. The Bible says you foolish so to, to hate me and then try to hide the hatred. Then talk about me behind my back when you done told me in my face you love me. The Bible says you are fool. You acting foolish. You ain't acting wise. You ain't acting like you got no sin. You're not acting like you're an intelligent person because you lying and telling me something else. John 5 and 5, the arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You can't stand in God's presence being prior. So arrogant, can't even nobody stand better around you with your head lifted all up like you a peacock, like 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 the world was made for you, like you better than somebody else. I can't sit high, I can't sit because you, I'm royalty. And we get that at God hate God hate proud, God hate arrogance. Why? Because that's what Satan did. That's what the devil did in in, in heaven. He exalted himself. He got the big head. 
he got to thinking that he was better than God. He won't satisfy with the position that he was in. So now he began to hate God. He hate the fact that he honored God. He hate the fact that God is over him. He hates the fact that God had gave him that position he got when he felt like he should have a better position. So he convinced one-third of the angels out of hatred and got them hating God, got them mad at God, got them with an attitude toward God. And they got the nerve and the audacity to go up and battle God who kept every hair on their head and knows every sparrow falls to the ground, knows their breath, their breathing, gave them their lungs and their heart. They couldn't even move without God made it them. He created them, angels. And they had the nerve to think that God didn't know what they were doing. Every thought you think, God knew it before you think it. God knew what they were doing while they were planning it, while they were sitting down there planning the plot. God already knew what they were doing. And when they got there, somebody said, well, the war, they won't know war in heaven. They won't in a battle. When they got there, God chained them and chained the darkness and cast them down to earth. Just as soon as it got started, it was over with. Ain't nobody slapping God all around like the movie you see. People beating you all around and slapping you all around about to win, and you finally win. Uh-uh, baby. This thing was over with when it got started. God almighty, all-powerful, all-glorious. Satan didn't even have a chance. It ain't no like no 10-round thing. Satan almost beat God, and God knocked him out in the tent. No, baby, this didn't go no 10 rounds. It didn't go near a round. And when the second clock started ticking and the fight got started, it was over with. God changed him so quick, he didn't know what happened. And cast him down. And now he's mad at God. He hate God, and he, and he hate you, but he'll use you to work against God, try to get back to God. Psalm 31 and 6. I hate those who claim to work to workless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord David saying. Folk that that walking around with trusting idols, clinging to idols. And Paul said, What is an idol? It's nothing. It's a piece of wood. Why will you serve a God? Please listen to me, you idol worshiper. Why will you serve a God? You got eyes and can't see. You got legs and can't listen. Not only that, not only, this is what I'm going to tell you. Not only is the idol you got got legs and can't walk, you the one gave the idol the legs. You gave, you gave the idol the legs he got, and then he can't walk. The ears he got, you gave him. The eyes he got, you gave him. The mouth, it ain't that he come, he just vanished out of nowhere like a like a, a genie out of a bottle. Now, I can understand if your idol came out of a bottle like a genie, and then, you know, he's going to wish you, give you three wishes, and, and then, you know, you got something to go on because you said, I picked the bottle up and pulled the plug out, and this idol came out, and he told me he going to give me three. I can understand if something like that, a mist or a vapor, or something came out of a bottle, and even that ain't so. But but you got something that you made. You carved it out of rock. You carved it out of a piece of wood, and you set it there. If you don't go back and get it, it won't move. If you say gone 20 years, it'll still be set. What kind of God is there? You come back 20 years later, he still said, if you lay him on his face, he'll be on his face 20 years when you get back. He can't eat. He can't think. He ain't got no brain. He ain't got nothing about him that can help you in any kind of way. And here you is worshiping this thing, this nothing. God hates folk that do that. It's just, here he is, a real God. God ain't no, no piece of wood. He ain't no rock or stone. He's eternal in the heaven. And then you don't want to serve him. 
a God that is real, a God that's been touched by all your infirmity, a God that knows your hurt. He knows your, your disappointment. He knows your, your, your letdown. He knows all that what folk did to you. And then you don't want to serve him. You want to serve a piece of wood that ain't got no ear and eye, ain't got no kind of scent, no brain, no nothing. It's just dead. It ain't nothing wrong. I, I'm not blaming the piece of wood. I'm blaming you. The, the, the piece of wood ain't, 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 ain't nothing wrong with a piece of wood. It's just a piece of wood. But it's senseless to try to believe in something that, 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 that ain't got no brain, that ain't nothing. Psalm 36 and 2, in their own eye, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. Folks so proud, so full of hatred that they can't even see the sin that is on the inside of them. They can't even see. That they controversy to God, they can't even see that they're walking in a, in, a, in the wrong direction. But they keep on going no matter what you tell them. <laughs> Excuse me, they don't see their shortcoming nor their fault. Psalm forty-five and seven: You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companion by anointing you with all of joy. He he loved, listen, God loved righteousness. He ain't stopped loving righteousness, even though we stopped doing right, even though we just let anything go in the church now. We let anything go with our relationship with as Christians. We, we, we dress like we in the world. We hang around the world. We talk like the world. We invite the world in our conversation and leave God out. We think God think like we think. But I come out and tell you that God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. God is almighty. He hates wickedness. Therefore, uh-huh, he has said above you, you. He, he, he will anoint you with oils of joy if you would just only walk right. Who, would, who don't want to be anointed with oils of joy? Some of us ain't never been anointed with oil of joy. When God, see, you try to get the joy yourself. You t- out of the material thing and out of the things that you're trying to accomplish in life, out of the people you hang around with, out of the people you love, you're trying to get joy out of them. But the scripture said God would anoint you with the oil of joy. See, when God put this oil on you, you're going to be happy even when you're supposed to be sad. You're going to be happy when people think you're mad. They walk around thinking you're mad. They walk around thinking they done done something to you, and now you all mad, and here you is all happy. Seeing you at the grocery store, wherever you at, you all happy. They're going to be astonished. They're going to be confused. How is she so happy? How I done done what I did to her? How dare she walk around with a smile on her face? I thought she'd be down. I thought she'd be depressed. I thought she'd be walking around with animosity, anxiety. I thought, oh, I think she would walk around in despair. But no, she's talking about this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in this. I was looking to the hill with coming my help. All my help coming from the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, what's wrong with her? I done hit her on the left, hit her on the right, hit her in the front, hit her from the back. I done knocked her back against the wall. I know she fit to give up now. But she come out singing, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fail me all my days. I dwell in thy arms from the moment that I rose up till I laid down my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, 
I will sing of the goodness of God. See, that's what you got to do when you're going through trials and going through tests. You got to get the good out of it. You got to sing of the goodness of God. You got to do it all your life. Quit giving those moments and seasons where you're getting in despair, where you're getting in the and the money and 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 getting in the and in the moke mokeville, going down in the valley of moke, and you stay down there. Stay down there for a reason and a season. Then when you come up, you got to get your joy all over again. Learn how to be steadfast and don't let the devil steal your joy. Put a head round about your spirit. Put a head round about your joy. Keep hate out of your heart. Keep hate out of When you get rid of this hate tonight, oh, yes, some of you got hate in you. When you get rid of this hate tonight, don't let hate get back in. Now, listen, just because you got rid of the hate don't mean hate ain't going to try to come back. Because Satan going to try to remind you now, you know they did that to you. How dare you forgive them? How, how dare you let that go? How dare you not talk about that no? Let's talk about it. They're going to try to send somebody by to try to rekindle, to try to uh, uh-huh, to try to stir up the flame, try to stir up the cold so you'll be mad again, you'll be angry again, and you'll get upset again. And now you're going through another season of hate. But I come out to tell you, you got victory over it. The love of God will give you victory. It will sustain you. The love of God will burn that hate up. The love of God will burn that animosity out. Up. The love of God will burn that bitterness up. Oh, I encourage you. I encourage you to let God do it. God sent me by tonight to tell somebody, let go of the hate. You're going to feel better when you let go of the hate. Oh, you're going to get joy in your heart. You're going to get a smile on your face. You're going to feel like a brand new person. See, you you don't got so used to feeling the way you feel. You don't know what a real feeling is. You don't feel the way you feel. You 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 accept the way you feel as though it's an ordinary feeling, but it ain't. It ain't. Where you feeling is is you losing out. You losing out with joy. You losing out with peace. You just selling on that old old mean and bitter and hateful feeling. And God got greater things in store for you. God want to open the windows of heaven and pull you out of blessing. God want to take you far beyond that hate, far beyond that bitterness, but you got to let it go. Psalm 119 and 163 say, I hate and detest falsehood, but I love your law. You got to love God's word. You got to hate those folk, folk around you that trying to uh, turn you in the wrong direction. You got to know that hate ain't going to live in your house no more. You can't let hate live in your house. Because if hate live in your house, hate going to control you. Romans 12 and 9, I, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Make sure you got sincere love in your heart. Not your love, but sincere love of God in you. And when you get sincere love, you're not going to accept evil. You're going to hate evil. You're going to hate wrongdoing, and you're going to take that as good, and you're going to cling to it. You're going to hang around with people that are clinging to good things, talking about good things. Quit letting the devil deceive you. Quit letting the devil take your joy. Quit, quit letting the devil cause you to fellowship and hang around folks that is out of the will of God and what they're doing, and they're trying to get you out of the will of God. They want to get you all messed up, keep you all bitter. Talk about that hurt. Talk about that thing God done, done, done loose you from. It's over. Let it go. Let it go. Let the light of God 
have it right place in you and let it go. In Leviticus 19, 17, and 18, do not hate a fellow. Israel in your heart, rebuke your neighbor, frankly, so you will not share in their guilt. Don't hate your brother. Don't hate him. Don't hate your brother. He said your fellow Israelite. Don't hate your brother in your heart. It's okay if you rebuke your neighbor rather than you just sit there and hate them. Rebuke them if they do you wrong. Don't share with the mess that they're doing. Let them know that you are not pleased at what they're doing to you. But don't hate them. Do not seek vengeance or burn grudges against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to what he said. Do not avenge. Do not seek revenge. Let God fix it. Don't go getting with somebody. Y'all getting all in the car, taking matters in y'all own hand, drive-by shooting and all that stuff. You're going to go and fix it yourself. Do not seek revenge when someone do you wrong. Burn the grudge. A bird, bird, let God have it. Give it to God. Yes, it's going to feel like you should have did something different. Yes, it's going to feel like you were wrong for not doing something. That's what the flesh is going to tell you. That's what Satan is going to tell you in your flesh. Uh-huh. But bear grudges against anyone. Don't bear no grudges against anyone in your people. Don't, don't hold grudges. See, forgive them so animosity won't set in. Don't hold grudges. He said, but love your neighbor. As this is what he said. He said, I am the Lord. God said that. God said that. He said, don't hold grudges, but love your neighbor, you love yourself. He said, I am the Lord. I'm the one telling you this. But to you who are listening, I say, Luke 27 to 28, but to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemy. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. How simple that is. You can't do that without God's help. You can't do that except you've been born again and you're a Christian and the Lord is in you. He that's what he says. See, things are going to come along after you've been born again. Things are going to come along when you can say that, that, that you're going to have to be able to handle it in the right way in order for it to come out right. He said, for you that are listening, and that's what I'm talking tonight on the Lost Sheep Radio program, to you that are listening, love your enemy. And quit talking about what people did to you. Quit every time somebody called their name, you're ready to have an hour conversation. You're ready to preach a sermon. You're ready to go in the uh, uh, Moakville. Oh, you just ready to just... Tear them all apart, but let it go. God sent me by tonight to tell you to let it go and do good to those who hate you. I know that's hard to do, but God will help you do it. Somebody hate you, you got to still do good. Don't cuss them out because they cuss you out. Don't do them like they did you. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Cursing you, I call you all kind of names. It ain't got to be a curse word. Curse you who wish you bad luck, want everything to mess up, don't want nothing to work in your favor. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bless those who curse you. That means they want bad luck for you. They want you to not to work in your favor. 
and those that mistreat you, you're going to be mistreated as a Christian. He said, but don't you get all mad and stay mad because they mistreated you. You ready to roll up your sleeves and fight. Don't do that. Give it to the Lord. <laughs> let God have it. Because when you let God have it, guess what? It's going to turn out all right because God don't make no mistake. He knows how to fix it. The songwriter said, let Jesus fix it for you. He knows just what to do. Whenever you pray, let him have his way, and he will fix it for you. He knows how to fix it. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Stay with me a few more moments, a few more scriptures. Listen to what it says. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. God is concerned about your your heart condition towards others. God is concerned about how others feel about you. Who you is representing God. Who you say you say it in Satan about Holy Ghost and feel and somebody thinking negative about you because you hurt them or done something to them and you're supposed to be a Christian. So to them, to them you're wrong. But you said it's okay. I ain't, I ain't, I, I ain't did nothing to them and I'm not going back and apologize. That, 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 but that ain't what the Bible said. The Bible said if you think, he didn't even say you had to be guilty. He did not even say it had to be true. He said if you think it in your heart, uh-huh, that a brother got something against you, that somebody, that they acting all strange, like you done something. Go find out what you done. Lead the guilt. God is not so caught up in your guilt. He caught up with your relationship that you got between your brother and your sister. Get that relationship right. God is concerned about the relationship that we have in church with one another every Sunday and not the church service. You hear me? Not the church service. Because that's what we have in church services. And our hearts is all messed up towards one another. God is concerned about how our hearts are, the condition of our heart towards one another on Sunday morning. We're not just coming to church to have church. We're just not coming to church to have a big old membership, a big old organization there. Well, we're coming to church to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. So he said, leave your guilt at the altar because God is concerned. Here they get mad at you. You said, I love the Lord, singing all the wonderful songs, and somebody over there hate you. Somebody mad at you. Somebody mad at God because you represent God, so they mad at God too. When you do that, you bring a reproach against God. Because when people get to cussing God out and talking about God because of something you did, that makes God feel bad. So God said, go fix it. Leave your guilt at the altar. Go and find out. What happened? They may say something, and you say, well, I didn't know that. And you may tell them, well, that's not true. Somebody lied on me. Now they know the truth. Now they know that somebody lied on you and got them feeling like they're feeling. But they thought there was some truth to it. But now you done cleared it up. Now you can go get your gift, and you can offer it up for God to receive. I could go on and on with that, but I'm not. First John three fourteen and 15, we know that we have passed from death to life. Because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remain in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that, listen, no murderer has eternal life residing in them. You ain't going to no heaven with hate, with murder in your heart. You hear what the writer said? He said that we know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. 
You can say you saved all you want to, born again. But if you hate your brother, he said, and hate your brother for whatever reason it is, you're going to lose out with God. No eternal life. He said, and you know that no murder. I mean, this is not a question. He said, you know that no you are murder because you hate your brother. And he said, no eternal life. You ain't going you ain't going walk around heaven all day. God, you ain't gonna make it in the glory. First John four nineteen and twenty. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claimed to love God, listen, this is first John four nineteen and twenty. We love God because he what first loved us. But whoever claimed to love God yet hate a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And that is so clear. That is so simple. Here you are talking about you love something you can't see. You ain't you ain't you ain't never seen God. You got some people say they seen God though, but we can argue with all that. But I ain't seen him yet. I'm gonna see him one day though. I'm gonna see him one day. Yes I am. I'm gonna see him one day. And here you is. Both talking about they love the Lord. And but yet they're mad every day at somebody. But you need to you need to check yourself. You need to check your love. Because your love got hatred in it. It ain't going nowhere. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And do another. You have other do you. Well, Pastor, Apostle, I have a reason to hate them. They did and they did that. Well, Jesus had a reason to hate. Jesus had a reason. If anybody had a reason to hate, Jesus had a reason to hate. They did Jesus so wrong. And during the Garden of Assembly, even when he felt like it, even when the flesh wanted to surrender, he said, God, if it be possible, let it. Because they had did Jesus so wrong. All them 33 years, all them three years that he did ministry, he didn't do nothing but have chaos have, have, with, with them tithes and Pharisees. All they did was gave him harbor. All they did was caught confusion. All they did was try to stone him. Here he is, the son of God. Here he is, Mary, baby, the lily of the valley. All he did was preach the gospel. All he did was heal the sick. All he did was them three years to raise the dead, called the blind to see. He fed the hungry. He raised the dead off of the bed of a fish. All he did was good things. And here these leaders that supposed to have been backing him up because they were here before he got here. Now, they weren't here before he got here because he'd been here since the beginning of time. But in the natural, when he was born in the flesh, they were here when he got here. <coughs> and they knew better. They should have got behind Jesus and backed Jesus up because Jesus came with ministry in them. And they should have just humbled themselves and got behind him. But instead, they tried everything they could to destroy him. They tried everything they killed to kill Jesus. They try to do everything they can to make it hard for Jesus to ministry. Try to push him off of the cliff. They tried to stone him to death. They did all they knew to do. They even lied on him and paid somebody to lie, and they couldn't even lie. Jesus said, if they did this to me, they're going to do it to you. So ain't nothing happening to you. Ain't nothing happening to Jesus. Jesus said, I made it. You can make it too. Why? Because I'm on the inside of you. Greater the heat that is in you. They heated in the world. So let go. Let go of this hate. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Search yourself. Have an image of yourself. Quit making excuses while you're holding on to it. Let it go before it destroy you, before it bring you to naught. Let it go. 
Ecclesiastes, the last verse, the last, Ecclesiastes 1 through 8. I ain't going to do no 1 through 8. To everything, there is a season. Isn't that something? At a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to to unplant. Wow. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones. Not a time to gather stone, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. Wow. Letting us know that you got to make sure you're in the time. So you can miss the time when you're supposed to be happy, you're sad. Huh? Now, if you're sad when you're supposed to be happy, when are you going to be happy? Because there's going to be time that you're going to be sad. But the time comes for you to be happy, you said. You're sad when it's time for you to be sad, and you're sad when you is sad. So when are you happy if you're sad all the time? If your season from winter, spring, summer, and fall, it builds up with sadness and bitterness and gloominess, when are you going to be happy? When is your summer coming? When is your spring coming? When are you going to lift up your head and hang down? When are you going to laugh anyhow? When are you going to laugh in spite of? A time to kill and a time to heal. Time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stone, a time to gather stone together again, a time to reframe and embrace, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear down, tear, and a time to rend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak. Listen. A time to search and a time to throw up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear down and a time to be and a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate. This is the one that I want to close out with. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Yes, there's some come time when God understands that hate is accepted, but you can't keep the hate. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. God knows that you you got a reason to be hateful. You got a reason to be angry. You got a reason to be upset with what they've done to you. Come on. Let's be let let you let you let's be realistic. Yes, you have a reason. But I'm gonna close out with this. You have a reason, but you don't have a right. You have a reason to be upset, but you don't have a right to stay upset. You got a reason to be mad, but you don't have a right to stay mad. You got a reason to be angry, but you don't have a right to stay angry. Because God won't allow you to have that right. Because he told you don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That means you don't need to be continuing to be mad day after day, week after week, month after month. Let it go. I can't. Yes, you can. Let you can. Talk to God. Turn it loose. Say, here it is, God. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go, God, to the best that I know how. I've been so angry for so long, God. I've been mad for so long. I've been been this way so long that grass and growed up on my feet, and, and and I don't know how to let it go. But you sent the apostle by tonight. You sent him with a word for me, God, telling me to let go of this anger before it end up putting me in prison. That people listen. That people in prison today. 
the people in prison today that I was there with, and they still there. I left them there some 40-some years ago, some 45 years ago. I was there, but I left them there with that anger. You know where I left them there? Because that anger caused them to have 100 years. The anger caused some of them to have 300 years. The anger caused some of them to have 150 years. The anger caused some of them to have life sentence. Some of them was on death row because of their anger, because they killed somebody out of anger. Anger will make you kill someone. Anger, listen, anger will make you not think right. You don't, you, you don't think right when you're angry. My, most angry people don't think. You be trying to tell them something, and they don't want to listen. The more you try to tell them, the matter they get. And don't even try to correct them. They're ready to fight you. They're so angry. Anger will make you unwise. Well, the Bible said in all you're getting, get an understanding. Anger will make you lose your understanding. You'll be so mad that you don't care. And no matter what nobody says, you're going to do it anyway. You're going to go fix it. You're going to take matter in your own hand. You're going to have you a drive-by shooting. Oh, you're going to go kill them. You're going to go do it yourself. And now you took their life, but you took your own life too. And the rest of your life you're going to spend in prison. The rest of your life, unless they give you death, a death sentence. And then you're sitting on death row, not knowing when you're going to die. Don't know when they're going to come get you and say your day is ended. Because you got angry. The guy told me when I was in there, he said, if I'd have had one more moment, if I could have had one more moment to think, I wouldn't have done that. I want to help somebody this evening. You got that moment. You ain't killed nobody yet. You ain't took matters in your hand yet. But you about to because the Holy Ghost telling me you about to. The Holy Ghost gave me this message to help somebody. Even in the pulpit, even amongst saints, even amongst Christians, a leader, the apostle, with madness in your heart, anger in your mad Why? Anger with your husband, anger with your children, anger with your member. You're mad. But you're not supposed to be. You're the leader. You're the example. Let go of that anger. If you're an angry leader, if you're an angry apostle, if you're an angry pastor, your, your, that spirit going to get on your members. And your members going to be angry. And they're going to be bitter. And you wonder why they're bitter. You wonder why they're angry. You wonder why they're acting like they're angry. And you're preaching sermon after sermon, trying to get the anger out of them, but you ain't got the anger out your own self. As long as they're angry with you, it's going to be on them because they're sitting under your anointing. Ha, ta, ba, ba, bo, 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 shake. They're sitting under your anointing. They're sitting under your cloud. They're sitting under the glory that is on you, and you got bitterness in you. You got anger in you. You got animosity in you. You got hatred in you. You ready to take matters in your own hands. You got vindictiveness in you. And here you is, your members sitting up under you, and you wonder why they're acting like you. They're acting like you. They're acting like their leader. So humble yourself. Get on your knees. You ain't got to call, get on Facebook and tell nobody that the pastor said tonight that I had anger in me and I'm a, he was telling the truth. Something you got to keep to yourself. Go in your prayer closet. Tell God to forgive you. Come out of there. Uh, come out ready to fight. I preached a sermon one time. Are you coming out when the bell rang? Some of you need to just go in your prayer closet, get your act together, ask God to forgive you, and come out when the bell rang. Come out fighting. Come out with a smile on your face. Come out with your, and I'm going to say this and fit to pray. And when you let go to the ankle, you're going to get a new attitude. You're going to feel so much better on the side. It's going to feel like you let a weight, uh, the weight of a building off your shoulder. And, and you're going to talk different. You're going to act different. Your wife's going to see you different. Your husband, your children are going to see you different. Your members are going to see you different. 
They were saying, oh, the pastor changed. The pastor said, he ain't building today. He ain't been mean for the last week or the God must have done something. And God is going to do something. He's going to do it all over the airway tonight. The Law Seat Program, whoever listening, uh, I may not be talking to everybody, but whoever I am talking to, let go of the anger. God, in the name of Jesus, shatabai. God, give them power. Everyone on the sound of my voice, give them power to let go. You told me tonight to talk about anger in the church. It had no place in the body of Christ. Somebody is angry. Somebody is mad. They've been hurt, God. We we got old said hurt by the church. Yes. <clears throat> They've been hurt by the church. But they ain't the only one who's been hurt. You were hurt by the church, but you didn't give up. You didn't throw in the towel. You didn't quit. You endured it. You told us to endure as a good soldier. Help them endure the good soldier. Help them to forgive. Help them to lay down every weight and to sin so easy. But let them lay this bitterness down. Lay this anger down. Lay this hatred down in the name of Jesus so that they can grow, God. They can go to higher heights and deeper to death. And then they won't be a liar. Because you said if we say we love you and, and hate our brother, we're lying. God, forgive us for lying. Forgive us for saying one thing, doing another. We hate the person that we see and talking about we love the person we don't see. Let us love our brother and love you too, God. In the name of Jesus. Move all animosity. Move all bitterness. Move all the forgiveness of our heart. And heal, God. Whoever they may be, wherever they may be, heal all over the radio land. Heal this hate. Heal this anger. Do it, Lord. And we certainly forever give you praise. We'll give you honor and go let it not fall upon death, ears, Lord, but let it fall where you would have it to fall. And we forever give you praise, give you honor, and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. Yes. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.